I'm going to invite you to stand and to greet the people around you warmly. Now we know a little bit of what uh, Mary and Joseph felt as they arrived in Bethlehem and found no room in the inn. The Greek word there uh, actually is kataluma, which we have translated in. There probably was not a commercial inn in Bethlehem. It was too small of a town for a commercial inn. Kataluma simply means guest room, spare room. It's the same word used in the New Testament when Jesus celebrates the Last Supper with his disciples in the upper Kataluma, the upper room, the guest room. And uh, so we have uh, a full house here and out in the foyer. We'll call that our Kataluma. So a shout out to the Kataluma folks. If you're having a, a more sincere experience uh, the, like Mary and Joseph uh, had than the rest of us. So greetings and thank you for coming this morning. Uh, I have always loved a candlelight service. Anybody else kind of like one of those? Uh, for me personally... It's the pinnacle of Christmas. Um, not tomorrow morning, honestly. Not sitting around the tree. It's not gifts. It's not food. It's not decorations. But for me, it's this moment right here. This is sacred. Because this is the time when we gather together as the church family and we declare something together. And what we declare is what makes this Christmas. We declare together in this very beautiful imagery that light has come into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. In other words, this light that we're celebrating and that we'll use as a reminder for all of us here today is not just a metaphor. It's not just warm fuzzies. It's not humanism or goodwill. It's not sentimentalism for the season. It is a light that refers to something very specific, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that's what was announced on that glorious night that you will find a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Uh, the Apostle Paul wanted to encourage uh, the Corinthians with the truths of, uh, of this message. And, and I'm going to go to an unusual place for my text this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn uh, to 2 Corinthians 4. There's also one uh, under the seat in front of you, um, if you care to. I don't know if I've ever heard a Christmas message from 2 Corinthians before, but we're going to go there this morning. The Apostle Paul says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. In other words, Paul is saying that the creator of the whole world, the one who spoke everything into existence by the power of his word. The one who put the lights in the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars and any, any celestial being that is illuminated there, the one who put the lights in the very sky that we see has also caused the light to shine in our hearts that we would know the glory of God, that that would be possible through the person of Jesus Christ. This is God's work to illuminate these truths to us. And the thing is, I think that sometimes as Christians, we forget about the goodness of knowing Christ Jesus as our Savior. Uh, after all, the world is a dark place, right? Uh, especially in Fairbanks, Alaska, this time of year. It's quite dark. But beyond just the physical darkness, there's still war, there's still terror, there's still abuse. 
and harassment. Work is still frustrated. You've got to work harder, and it seems these days for even a little less pay. Our kids struggle. Relationships of all sorts are strained. And the Cleveland Browns continue to lose football games. <laughs> 0 and 14 this year. I don't even like the Cleveland Browns, and I feel bad for them. The Apostle Paul identified with the Corinthians and just the everyday difficulties of living life such as it is. And he said these truths to them. But we have this treasure, referring to this glory of God that is illuminated to his people, to those who have turned to him in faith, in repentance and faith. The glory of God has been revealed to them in the person of Christ, and he refers to this as a treasure. And he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so this morning I have uh, a clay pot that uh, I went seeking uh, after here this weekend. I, I put out an appeal on Facebook because I didn't have a strawberry planter at home, but I thought it would be the, the perfect illustration. This simple pot made out of clay and uh, with these little cutouts, of course, where the strawberry plant goes. And, and somebody in the church, uh, my good friend Tom, thank you Tom for bringing this in. He said, I've got one. The problem was, it was outside. And it was filled with dirt, if you can call frozen dirt that. And so it was in this kind of rough condition. And it's got these, these little chips on it here and here. I don't know if you can see from where you're sitting from. But Tom graciously... Uh, began the process. He brought this in last night, and he let it fall out. And then he went in and removed the, the dirt and the soil, this frozen, hard-packed material, and pulled it out. And I'm told that this even got a shower uh, before coming here. The outside itself was cleansed. And so from the inside out, this thing has been unearthed, and the frozen material taken out. And from the inside out, it has been cleansed and it's here this morning as a illustration for us and I can't think of a better picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ for we turn to him in repentance for we're all sinners and we turn to him in faith as one who would be our substitutionary sacrifice and he cleanses us from the inside out the dirt and the grime and the frozen and hard heart is changed and a light is put within us a light of the knowledge of the glory of God and that is his work. And all of this continues to reside with, within us as these very fragile clay pots. That's what we are. These fragile beings that have within them this glorious truth. And he goes on to talk about what it's like to live as these sort of fragile clay pots. And, and what it feels like to kind of have this vulnerability and this tenderness and this fragility in life. And I think we all probably feel this. But see if, this, if you identify with what he describes here. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I think that's a very beautiful way of describing what it is to live life in these broken bodies, in this broken world, where darkness and evil is still around us. But at the same time, we are a vessel that contains the light of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. 
And I think Paul wants to remind us of this because we do experience all of the challenges and the frustration and the difficulties, the vulnerability, the weakness, the insecurity, the agitation, the angst of living in a crazy world. And that's just trying to get our Christmas shopping done at Fred's this last week. (laughs) Or trying to get Amazon to ship on time, right? Can I get a witness for Amazon? I don't know what happened this year. (laughs) I think I'm out. Paul reminds us of the, this light that is within us, that we know the glory of God because of the person of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we have hope and strength and boldness and security. And these things don't come from within ourselves. This isn't humanism. This isn't religious humanism. But we have a Savior within us who strengthens us. We know based on this passage, that God who has put the lights in the sky has put this light in our hearts. And that anchors us. That gives us hope and security. And the reason I go to this passage this morning is because I think oftentimes Christians just forget this. Or we forget to remember that this is the way things really are. We forget to live in light of this or to rejoice that we have the gospel truth in our lives. And so Paul gives us some really great practical instruction here. He says it in a little bit of a funny way in verse 10. He says, we always carry around in our body the death of Christ so that the life of Jesus might also be revealed in our body. What a weird thing to say. Or is it? He means for us to walk around and carry out our everyday experience with the reality that we have a crucified Savior and with Him our sins crucified in Him. And so we carry around the reality of His death and its implications in our life. We carry it every day. We carry it as an everyday reminder and an everyday truth so that His life might also shine through us. I don't know if you can see it where you are, but there is a light in here and it's supposed to be shining out of this clay pot. And, um, uh, but that is the, the image that I think Paul is trying to convey here. Because at Christmas time, we are not just celebrating the birth of a baby. We are celebrating the birth of a Savior. That's what was announced by the angels to the shepherds. That this Savior is able to offer salvation to mankind because he was born both human and divine. As human, he is able to be our representative. As divine, he is able to satisfy God's standard. And so this child would grow to live a perfect life and die a sacrificial death. And the gospel tells us that all of us who are sinners can be justified. That is made right with a holy God by repentance and faith. Repenting of our sin and turning to this born Savior in faith. And when that occurs, that our sin is transferred into him. And his righteousness is transferred to us. We are justified by faith and made right with the holy God. And that is the gift of salvation that is available to all who would respond by faith. Most of you here, I suspect, have already received this gift, this gift of salvation given through Christ Jesus. My encouragement to you today is this. Please hear me loud and clear. Take this image into your mind and hear what I'm saying Carry around in your body the death of Jesus. That you might also carry around in your body the life of Jesus. 
live in the glorious truth of the gospel, that your sins have been dealt with at the cross if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Live in the reality of those implications. Uh, rather, rather than just constantly st- uh, living with sort of the guilt and the frustration and the angst of sin, recall what has been done. That Christ took sin into his body and destroyed it for you. Carry around in your body the death of Christ. That the life of Christ might also shine through you. Then you will be able to declare we are hard pressed on every side. But not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. See what we have to remember I think as, as Christians is that salvation is not just a momentary event. It is something we enter into by believing the gospel, but it is something we are meant to continue to live out. Salvation is a life. It is a life living out the glorious truths of the gospel and being renewed by those truths daily. We daily carry around within us the death of Christ because it assures us and it lets us know of the life of Christ that we live and so I'll, I'll restate the opening refrain here. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So this morning my hope uh, is, first of all, that we wouldn't burn the place down uh, or one another, but that we would be reminded as the, as the flame starts from the front and permeates the room, that we would see this glorious light that God has revealed to us and that all of us would live in light of it daily. Be renewed in the gospel that you know. So let me give you some instructions here and then uh, we'll begin passing out, uh, passing out the flame, so to speak. Um, I want to give you proper lighting instructions, first of all. Um, so if you could just hold still for a second. I know you all want to grab the candles, but I, I need you to listen. Your job is to, uh, if you have the lit candle, your job is to hold your candle straight because you have melted wax already. It is the job of the unlit candle to tilt towards yours and to receive the flame. And then it is to go upright. That's how this is done. Uh, There are a lot of kiddos here. Praise God for that. Parents, help your kiddos. Uh, And uh, wives, help your husbands because we all know, we know. They're a danger to themselves and others. So, Andrew, if you would drop the lights for me. Uh, there are baskets under your seat on the aisle. If you would uh, reach down and grab a candle and pass them down to the end. My dear friends... God has caused his light to shine in our hearts. I pray that you know the light of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and that you are living in light of this glorious truth. Carry around in your body the death of Christ so that the light of Christ might also shine through you. Well, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and I hope this image of the light of Christ, which started with the birth of a baby and a Savior in Bethlehem, which has spread to the most remote remote corners of the world, even to Fairbanks, Alaska. I hope this image uh, stays with you.
When you extinguish your candles, I'll ask you to just hold them for a second, let the wax dry, and then if you would pass the baskets back down and gently insert them in the basket when they're ready and set them under the seats. I wish you all a Merry Christmas.